Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Neglia, and I have the privilege of introducing you to a new resource. And uh, this resource is the Leadership Collective. And guys, if Leadership Collective sounds a lot like the Expositors Collective, well, that's that's correct. And we're going to talk in this episode about the kind of the backstory or the history of the Leadership Collective and even how it overlaps with the history of the Expositors Collective. But but here's what here's something that I think that instinctively you already know. Uh, church leadership involves a whole lot more than just preaching good sermons. And although our preaching ministry is part of our pastoral ministry, it's not the whole thing. And so to that end, the Leadership Collective, it exists to help you to grow, not in teaching and preaching God's word, but in leading teams in organizing volunteers, in pushing forward on the mission that God has called you and your church or your ministry towards. This is the like the first episode of the podcast. I was honored to be a guest on the Leadership Collective podcast, and so um, I'm dropping it in here for you to listen to, hopefully for you to enjoy and definitely for you to subscribe to. Ted and Rob are great guys. Uh, They've been involved in our training weekends in the past. And in the show notes, I'm going to link uh, previous episodes of both their, uh, their main session talks that they've done for us and also interviews that I was able to do with each of them. So... I've said it before, I want to say it again, make sure you subscribe. It really is a great pairing. If you like this kind of content um, that we put out, then you also are going to enjoy and benefit from this as well. Okay, I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to let you listen to the inaugural episode of the Leadership Collective podcast. Hello and welcome to the Leadership Collective podcast, a conversation focusing on the challenges that leaders face in ministry. Each month we sit down with seasoned ministry leaders to discuss the nuts and bolts of how they've navigated challenges in ministry and the lessons they've learned along the way. I'm Ted Leavenworth, pastor of Reliance Church in Temecula, California. And I'm Rob Sabato, lead pastor at Calvary Vista in Vista, California. We want to like set people up for success. And I think we both would agree that like pastoral ministry is so much more than just teaching and preaching. And I think there's even got to be a narrow focus to what we do in the expositors. Like we don't have breakout sessions about how to run a board or how to write bylaws. That's kind of outside of our focus. Although probably everyone who attends our workshops probably should know that kind of stuff too, but that's not really our our wheelhouse. So I think it's good to have people like, like you and Rob that are like just freakishly good at this stuff to help the rest of us out. Well, this is the introductory episode of the Leadership Collective podcast, and our desire is to inspire, encourage, and equip pastors and leaders with tools to help them navigate the daily challenges of church leadership. Yeah, simply put, the Leadership Collective is a series of roundtable discussions with various pastors and leaders, both nationally and internationally. And each month, we're going to address specific nuts and bolts issues that ministry leaders wrestle with every day. Issues like, 
How do I build an effective ministry team? How do I develop and implement vision? What are some effective strategies for community outreach? How do I handle an underperforming volunteer or staff member? How do I navigate a church merger or a church split? Now, we know that every church is different. And so the way that you navigate challenges like these is going to be based on your church size, your geographic region, your leadership structure, and even your church's vision. And for that reason, each month, our panel will include leaders from a di- from diverse backgrounds and cultures offering specific and practical insights from their unique perspectives. Collectively, our hope is that this diversity provides a multitude of counselors to help you lead in your specific context. Now, to help us kick off this introductory episode, our first guest is Mike Neglia, Senior Pastor of Calvary Cork in Ireland, one of the founders of the Expositors Collective. Welcome to the conversation, Mike. Uh, Rob, Ted, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you on here, buddy. Mike, I'm looking forward to talking with you today and uh, having you again on a future episode as we explore church planting on the mission field. I think you've got a unique perspective there. Uh, I I dabble, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Briefly, uh, you were born and raised in Southern California, and uh, how did you end up pastoring a church in Ireland? Yeah, I well, I, I was born and raised in Fallbrook, which is actually, I was thinking, kind of halfway between Temecula and Vista. Yep. So I'm, I'm here to bridge the gap between you guys. <laughs> so yeah, um, born and raised in Fallbrook, uh, converted as a my late teenage years, and studied at the Bible College for three semesters in, in Marietta. And then for the fourth and final semester, I went to Germany, which got me into kind of Europe. And after I completed my fourth semester... I didn't graduate. I simply completed my fourth semester. I had a, a deficit of uh, credits that I had to make up later on. I had a, this, like this goal, this dream of like hitchhiking around Europe, and so I uh, put my stuff in storage and just hitchhiked around and uh, made it over to the UK, um, up up towards Scotland. Uh, I pulled some weeds for some stranger, earned enough money to get a ferry over to Northern Ireland, and then hitchhiked down. Ended up in Cork, Ireland, and uh, there was a, a Calvary Chapel there, and I like knocked on the door and said, I'm here for a little bit. Can I help out? And uh, I was planning on being there for a few days or a week before I returned back. They asked me to stay for a bit longer and then stay for a bit longer. And that's a, it's a very long story, but the short version is um, after being there for about, I think, a year, uh, the previous pastor said that he was going to be you know, moving on, uh, moving to New Zealand. And if I want to take over the church. And so it was, um, and that's a very, I could say much more than that. But essentially it was a replant. Um, The church had really dwindled down to a a very, you know, like single digits attendance. And um, I didn't know the vocabulary about replanting or any of that. Um, I didn't have access to the Leadership Collective podcast (laughs) back then. Um, So I just did my best and uh, essentially kind of restarted the church, although I didn't use that kind of vocabulary then. Well, yeah. we know, because Ted and I have both been there, that yes. you've done an amazing job, and you have a, a great church. And one of the things that you do, besides pastoring the church in Cork, you yes. are one of the founders of the Expositors Collective. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, well, I mean, 
I think it's great on the Leadership Collective podcast to speak about the Expositors Collective. Um, you know, the emphasis that, that we have, which is maybe parallel to what's going on here, is like helping teachers and preachers to grow in their Christ-centered biblical exposition. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the phrase that I say is your personal study and your public proclamation of God's word. So I want to, you know, me and the other leaders of the group, we want to help teachers and preachers to grow in this. So it kind of started from a, a workshop that we were asked to do in Costa Mesa at a pastor's conference once, myself and Pete Nelson, uh, plus uh, our friend Char Broderson. And we we worked so hard on this workshop, and it was very poorly attended. <laughs> so there was three of us up on the panel, and then there was um, three people who attended the workshop. Oh, wow. um, so it was pretty, pretty awkward. But we just, you know, gave it our all, and that seemed like it was kind of a like a blip or a failure. Um, but afterwards, uh, Pete got in touch with me and said, you know, I think God has more for that content. And uh, we really work well together. Let's see what we can do to kind of get this going once again. And so he organized like this this training weekend at his church in Thousand Oaks, California, and uh, invited just young and new Bible teachers to come along. And uh, we had like a two-day weekend. It went really great. Immediately, people saying, would you please come to Colorado? Would you do it here? Would you do it there? And so now it's kind of up until 2020, it was kind of this like this traveling kind of circus sideshow. Right. We would show up someplace, um, enlist you know local Bible teachers to help us, and we had the core curriculum, teaching and preaching, Christ-centered preaching, and then uh, involving like mentorship training. I could go on and on, but it's an exciting thing. I love it, and uh, we've got a podcast these days. That's about all that we have. Yeah. Um, we can't gather in person because uh, of uh, this thing called COVID. Yes. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> um, so it shut us down from like the traveling. We had these all these exciting plans to go further and deeper into Europe and across the U.S. and even further afield. But now we're just a podcast at the moment. We've done some webinars, um, and we look forward to returning to in-person training. When we now, do. you recently had John Tyson on your uh, did, yeah. podcast. Yes. How'd that happen? You know, I mean... I think the phrase is I, I slid into his DMs. Um, <laughs> I just uh, just wrote a message on Instagram and just you know like it's it's humiliating, it's embarrassing to to put yourself out there and be like, hi, I had this podcast. Would you please you know? Right. And actually, I, I wrote him once. He didn't even you know it said seen, and that was it. And then like a month later, I'm like, I just I want him on the show so bad, and right. so I just like swallowed my pride and asked again. And uh, and then he said yes. Persistence, okay. persistence I, I, pays yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I and I I appreciate him as a preacher and teacher so much, and I Absolutely. I tried really hard to not come off as like a huge geeky fan. <laughs> um, and uh, you can listen to the episode and tell I you did. You, you did a great job. That was a great interview. Mm. You had mentioned Mike your uh, that that first gathering for yeah. the Expositors Collective and. Um, you guys were gracious enough to invite me to be a part of that, yeah. and uh, and it was it was a great experience and loved what was going on there. And it, I remember pulling you aside at that, and I, I said to you, Mike, this is a, this is phenomenal mm. what you guys are doing. Uh, you guys should be doing a leadership yeah. collective as well. Uh, do you remember that conversation? You know, um, now that you mention it, <laughs> yes. But I think I probably don't remember it as clearly as you because, yeah. like, I'm like stressed out, <laughs> like, running everything mode. Right. And you're, like, casual guest, just, <laughs> just thinking of ideas. But, yes, I, I, now that you mentioned well, it, in, I do remember it. In that case, I'll remind you of what your answer to me was. Oh, really? you can't. I can't. I said, you guys need to do a leadership collective, and you said, yeah, you should do it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? And here we are. And here, and here we, we are. are. Right? Um, 
Yeah, that uh, is just absolutely incredible. Why do you think this concept of the leadership collective yeah. is uh, is needed today? And and what would you say to young pastors and leaders in that mm. regard? Because I see what you do with the Expositors Collective uh, in a very similar vein. Right. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, like we want to help people that are, let's say, already teaching and preaching or about to. We want them just to succeed as much as they can. We want to like set people up for success. And I think we both would agree that like pastoral ministry is so much more than just teaching and preaching. Mm-hmm. And I think there's even got to be a narrow focus to what we do in the expositors. Like we don't have breakout sessions about how to run a board or how to write right. bylaws. Right. That's kind of outside of our focus. Although probably everyone who attends our workshops probably should know that kind of stuff too. But that's not really our, our wheelhouse. Right. So I think it's good to have people like, like you and Rob, people that are like just freakishly good at this stuff to help the rest of us out. Um, I, I think a lot about Ezra and Nehemiah as like two, two leaders in the Old Testament. And both of them had the same purpose and goal. Like they wanted to see like the glory of God, you know, expressed through the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And uh, you guys don't need to go into the backstory. I'm assuming you and your hearers are vaguely familiar with them. <laughs> and so Jerusalem lies in ruins. And so Ezra goes... And Ezra goes first, and I don't mean to just like be overly simplified, but Ezra goes there and he like reinstitutes worship. He gets like the sacrifices going, he gets like the priests consecrated, and like they're they're honoring God, they're worshiping God once more. And I, I kind of feel like Ezra, where he's like, Yeah, good job. We're worshiping God, we're orthodox, we're theological once more, like we're praising the Lord. And then like maybe a little bit later, Nehemiah comes and visits and and he sees it differently. He sees the walls are broken down. Um, like the city streets like are not safe. And then he, filled with the same Holy Spirit, he goes there to make sure that like the systems and the structure mm-hmm. and, and the walls are rebuilt. And I think that's kind of, you know, I see different pastors and leaders. I see younger leaders, especially more towards like the Ezra mindset. I know that's me. Like, <laughs> let's just get the, the, let's teach classes on systematic theology. That's their deepest need. Yeah, maybe. And also the need is for like healthy churches to not just have good preaching and theology up front, but also to have, you know, systems of care and accountability. Um, There needs to be like, you know, child care and like um, proper safety protocols. All those things are important. And I think what I'm prone towards and maybe people like me are prone towards like just the Ezra ministry, just Mm -hmm. the preaching and teaching. And there's also the Nehemiah, the systems and structures that are needed as well. The care for one another the care for like the whole church. And that's where I think you guys are going to fit a vital need. I love that. I love that example of Nehemiah and Ezra. I think that's a really perfect example of, you know, both needs in the church. And, and, you and know, I, I think I thought of it myself. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't read that anywhere. I think that's like my one unique insight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I didn't I rip that it. off from somebody. Okay. I loved it. It was so good. So good. That's amazing. And you know, when I started in pastoral ministry, I had some amazing mentors, guys like John Corson, mm. Brian Broderson, Richard Semino, guys that I could call and just say, hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? That was very, very helpful for me in, in starting out. But now I've been a lead pastor for over 30 years. Wow. But I believe, you know, it's been said that a leader is a learner. And so I believe we have to always be learning. And so even now, I'm constantly calling peers, guys like Ted, 
guys like Ed Taylor, who's mm. going to be on our opening podcast uh, on Vision um, next month. Wow. Guys like Nate Holdridge, you know, another guy that we're going to interview, and um, guys who've been doing it longer than me, but even some younger guys like Daniel Fusco. I mm. love picking his brain about things. And so we really believe and see the benefit of having that collective, you know, there's wisdom in a yeah. multitude of counselors type of idea. And that's sort of what we're hoping, you know, that this podcast is going to, you know, help bring. But what would you say, you know, first of all, why would you say it's so important for us as pastors to have those type of relationships in our lives? And what would you say to the pastor who feels like he lacks hmm. that type of network? Yeah. That's that's good. I think it's I think it's crucial, and especially as as pastors, more often than not, we're standing up front and we're we're giving the answers. Mm. And I think we should never fool ourselves into thinking that the reason why we're doing that is because we have all the answers, <laughs> or because we are just like so naturally wise. And there needs to be a constant a constant learning. And you know, I know you're learning. You're signed up for seminary classes. Mm-hmm. Ted, you're not, but you don't need to. <laughs> you actually are the guy. No. Um, but I know that there is a, like, we, I guess I'm pretty nervous that one day I think that I'm going to like stop learning or, mm. cause I've seen, I've seen people that are like even younger than me. I've seen people that are my age or even older that have just been obviously coasting and they, they haven't like learned anything new or they haven't been stretched in a long time. And I think that's, that's concerning in pastoral ministry, again, like you probably know more about the Bible than most people in the room. And so you can just get by on that. But there's just this ongoing need for us to continue to, to keep learning and learning from one another. I was going to say, one of the things that I, I really appreciate as well is learning from guys that are even outside of our movement. Yeah. I love kind of tapping into some of that. And, and we're hoping to be able to do that in this podcast as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's crucial to, to learn from people outside the movement or inside the movement or people older than you or people younger. Um, that's, that's fantastic. And I, you know, when I am with people, like I have these, these notebooks that I always keep in my pockets and I, I go through them quite quickly because I believe that everyone I encounter, like I can learn something from, you know, my secular father-in-law, you know, has like just good stuff to say. And I've like jotted some of that down and like, I, I want to learn from him as much as I also want to learn from, you know, the Lutheran minister that I'm having a conversation with, I want to learn from from people. And so, you know, I'm jotting things down. Sometimes I even write myself notes to make sure, hey, when I sit down with so-and-so, ask ask him or her this question, because I want to learn not just about that, but how what they've learned about that. I've also found a question that I love asking people when they make a declaration or something to say, well, well like, what brought you to that conclusion? How You're, you're really firm on that. Tell me why you are. Mm-hmm. And then people just tell me more about it. And I'm able to learn from them. So I might be deviating from your question uh, a little bit, but I think learning is so important and it really boggles my mind that people would just decide to stop learning. Mm. You had mentioned about how the the things of, you know, things that revolve around teaching, yeah. things that revolve around uh, really heralding God's word, those are those are more sexy things, yeah. right, so to speak, you know, in terms of... Nothing sexier, you know, man. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, I taught a, a class at the Bible College a couple of years ago on church planting, and I took a different tact with, you know, with these guys because everybody wanted to talk about preaching the word yeah. and, and all of the, 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 those, you know, to use that same term, the, the sexier aspects mm-hmm. of ministry. 
you know, I had horror stories to tell these guys of yeah. guys that were rock star teachers that went out to plant their churches and completely ignored so many fundamental yeah. things, their ministries never got off the ground. And so I started taking these guys through things like bylaws. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Rob, you could, I'm sure, tell horror stories of guys that have had train wreck bylaws, for that matter, sometimes train wreck boards, and they it just mm-hmm. completely torpedoes their ministries yeah. and causes them all kinds of grief. And there's things that they learn by the burnt finger that they wish they would have learned. Right. Yep. But yeah. man, when I started teaching that class about what was the difference between healthy bylaws uh, and train wreck bylaws, it was like watching paint dry yeah. know, for these guys. They just, and, and, you know, it's sometimes when you talk about these kind of nuts and bolt leadership advice, it's kind of like pre-marriage counseling, yeah, yeah. you know, where you can sit down with a couple and you talk to them and you give them this counsel and you know from experience, this is important. You should yeah. tune into this kind yeah. of thing. But, you know, a lot of times, even though it's very practical advice, people just don't get it until they're in it or yeah. until they've stepped in it, kind of, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so how can leaders get the most out of the practical advice they receive? You, you'd mentioned you carry around your notebook, but yes. how does that go from, man, that was good, I'm writing it down. How do you personally translate it into I, putting feet on these things? Oh man, what a what a heart piercing, <laughs> exposing question. I mean, pro- the answer is I don't. I, I, I wish I did, and um, yeah. So that's that's something I, I do want to continue to grow on. Sometimes I think, well, hey, I wrote it down, therefore, <laughs> you know, I've I've got a head start. Maybe I have a slight head start, but I'll lose to the person that actually is slowly but surely just doing the things rather than having the the good quotes or or drawing a little graph about it in their notebook. All three of us kind of have been on airplanes a lot, and um, maybe hopefully that returns soon. But, you know, the first time that someone explained how your seatbelt worked or the first time they explained the the exit things, you paid attention because you knew that this is really important. And then the 80th time on a plane, you know, just keep on reading your book and maybe politely look up just to – because the poor poor person has (laughs) to do the thing. That's so Irish of you. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) To politely look (laughs) up. Yeah, I try to, like, honor that person for, for what they're doing. Yeah, so, I mean, that's because you sent me some of these questions beforehand, and that one actually, like, I, I read it last night, I thought about it on the drive here, and I'm like, I hope they don't ask that, because I don't, <laughs> I, don't really have, I don't really have the best, the best thing, you know? Um, I just, um, I know that I've listened to, like, even some of Ed Taylor's podcasts, and I look forward to him being on here, and I've, I've like, kind of forced myself not to be doing the dishes while that podcast mm. plays, or mowing the lawn, but, like, actually, I've sat and taken notes on those things about, like, you know, following up on people. And, you know, I remember sitting down somewhere, taking notes on like following up on conversations, not just speaking to somebody and saying, hey, yeah, I'll pray about that or I'll, we'll get in touch but to actually follow through. Mm-hmm. And so I've, you know, made a phone call immediately afterwards to somebody, you know, and it wasn't a huge deal. It was just like, hey, man, uh, we talked about this last Sunday. Um, I want you to know I have been praying for you and, and then just made a little bit of a, a further contact. So that was me just taking something I heard and then putting steps on it. I wish I did that to everything. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I'm here as a as a fellow <laughs> learner. Um, I mean, I mean, can I ask you? Like, yeah, I was gonna say. I was, right, gonna, guys, I was gonna ask. This is your podcast. Ted, how do, how do you, you do this? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a challenge. You know, it, again, it goes back to the conceptually. Sometimes you hear advice or you hear what somebody's doing, and you're not currently in that reality yourself. And so it's more theory, yeah, um, than than it is actual, you know, actionable things for you. 
some of the things that I've done, you know, when I when I hear things like that is follow up. You know, where if this person's, you know, somebody that I can access, yeah. you know, I'll invite mm-hmm. them and come, hey, you, you said this, what does that look like practically? Sometimes people, you know, they'll relay a concept and you think, man, that's great. How do I apply that? Like, mm-hmm. what? how do I actually implement that into my reality? And so sometimes it's seeking out that source to yeah. be able to say, you know, hey, can, you know, how how do we do that? And that's one of the things I'm excited about here is that we're putting together not only this podcast, but putting together an online toolkit, which has some of the, the things we'll be talking about, samples uh-huh. of healthy bylaws uh-huh. and um, and things like that. And so, you know, having the opportunity for people to to contact us, to be able to say, man, you talked about this and, and would you spend some time with me? So sometimes mm. it's that. Sometimes it's taking that concept and going to somebody who who I, I who I do have access to, yeah, and say, "Hey, I've noticed you're doing this really good." Brent and I, you know, just to use an analogy, when we were raising our kids, we would look to and observe kids that were really either well mannered or they well behaved or whatever it was, and we would seek out their parents. And we would basically mm-hmm. say, you're doing a really good job with your kids. Wow. Would you mentor us? And it was proactive on our part, but, yeah. but and we tried to do that throughout their growth. So we would find somebody who was in a season ahead of us. And I do that with my board. When I pick board members, mm-hmm. I want to have guys on there from, you know, that have collective wisdom in a bunch of different areas and are wired each one in their own unique way. But I try to find guys that are, that are ahead of me. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's not their first rodeo, and we get together, we can talk through, yeah. and you know, ministry is the Lord, you know, so often doing a new thing, and we don't just want to be pragmatic all the time in how we do. Sometimes it is pragmatic that you, you say, okay, this is this is what we've done, and yeah. this is why we did it, and there's a lot of wisdom in that, and so you can just implement that. Other times, because it somebody did that in their organization doesn't mean it's really going to fit in your organization or that yeah. the Lord wants it to fit in your organization. So, But anyway, going back to finish my, my illustration, Brenda and I would seek out parents who were in a you know, different season, and we yeah. would say, hey, you're ahead of us, and you know, how did you how did you raise your kids? So, you know, that's a couple of ways we did. Yeah, Denise and I we we do the same thing with um, pastors and and their and his wife. When we would see a pastor and his wife who were balancing marriage and ministry well, we do the exact same thing. We'd call them, hey, can we go to dinner? And we would just ask them, how are you navigating? Mm this and just pick their brain and it would be so insightful. We picked up so many great ideas from that. And that's one of the things that I'm really excited about in this is because we don't want to just talk about concepts, but we want to get real practical. And I'm thinking about, you know, we have an upcoming episode on effective strategies for community outreach. And Lance Cook and David Zamora are going to be our guests and two guys that are just doing an incredible job at that. But we're going to be not just hearing what they're doing, but even talking about how would you get started at this if you were a pastor wanting to have that kind of impact. And their insight is just going to be incredible. I'm looking forward to that episode. One of my questions for them when we get together is that, you know, it's always when we when we think about vision and we think about the things that that we we could be implementing, and in particular to you know reaching our communities, they're come up with a laundry list mm-hmm. of things that you do, and that you theoretically could do. But dialing into those unique situations where uh, this is God's invitation to you to join Him mm-hmm. in that, 
that's not always as easy as it sounds. So I'm looking forward to asking them about that and and how do you discern, you know, the difference and and so on. So that'll be love that. That's great. I'm excited to hear you have David Zamora coming. I actually have just reached out to him about interviewing him for my podcast yeah. as well. Um, and you, it's kind of funny because I've, I've noticed, and maybe you can agree with this or not, like some, there's like a lot of great leaders that aren't really great expositors. And then there's a lot of great expositors that aren't really great leaders. Yeah. And um, when you find somebody who's, who's both of those, that, right. that really is exciting. <laughs> he is one. I he know. He's one of those guys. And when you get him... Make sure if you have the time to have him share a little bit about his testimony. Shameless plug here. I just had him on on my podcast, (laughs) The Basics of Life Conversations, and he shared his testimony. It blew my mind. It absolutely, things I didn't even know, absolutely blew my mind. Fantastic. I'll do that. (laughs) Mike, it's been wonderful having you on the program today. Just to really enjoy. It's a real treat. Spending time with you again. We look forward in the months to come to addressing some of these topics that, you know, we were, we were talking earlier about how people seek us out and ask us all of these random questions, questions about how I'm dealing with this issue with an employee or right. how do I know when it's time to hire, how do I know when it's time to fire, things like that. And things that we've unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, we've been through all the time. Mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to the months to come as we dig into uh, these pressing issues and um, really unpack them and give people some practical wisdom from guys that have been, you know, in the in the trenches. There's no teacher like the burnt finger. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So much of this stuff, you know, I, I experience them and think, I wish I had a class on that in Bible college, or I wish you know seminary addressed this. And oftentimes it doesn't, maybe because it's not that's not the job. Um, to address these things, but it's great that I've been able to to reach out to to you both, or mostly to you, Ted. To be honest, you know, <laughs> to, to ask for these types of things. So thank you for like putting this out there for for people like me that are encountering these issues, scrolling through our minds to be like, well, have I ever encountered this before? Have right. I ever dealt with a, a board issue? Well, no, I haven't. I know someone who has. So thanks for kind of putting that out there. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And Rob, you know, you had mentioned this that we have. You know, those network of people that we call you and I talk every week, a couple of times a week. And there are many others that, I mean, you know more people than, than I think I'll ever know, but you're more relational than I. But, but we, we both have those people that we, that we can call and do call. Um, but not everybody either has that. Um, and so we want to, we really, truly, you, the listener, we want to be available to you. And so our intention is to, to give you not only the information that you need, but to give you direction, specific direction to say, I've got some people that I can call. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know who I could talk to about this. Oh, I've got you know, some guys that are available to me. And so um, we'll, we'll put some links and, and so on in the show notes. But uh, Rob, any final thoughts? Well, one of the things I'm really excited about in in these conversations is I remember the first few times that as a pastor, I went through some really difficult things and then finding out there was somebody else who'd been through that (laughs) and being able to talk to them and hear and know, oh man, I'm not alone or I'm not the only one that this has happened to and, you know, that sort of thing. And I'm I'm looking forward to being able to even, you know, talk about some of those type of things from, you know, some men who have gone before us. And so I'm, I'm really hoping that even for the guys who feel like they don't have much of a network, that this could maybe be the start 
of that network for them and them just getting to be, you know, have the opportunity through the podcast to be encouraged and inspired and equipped as they seek to lead their church in these, you know, difficult times that we're lead, leading in right now. And Mike, I also want to just thank you so much for being with us today. And that's going to wrap up this episode, our introductory episode. We're looking forward to our next conversation. God bless you. Well, that's going to conclude this introductory episode of the Leadership Collective podcast. And we're looking forward to bringing you a new episode on the first Thursday of every month. So you can look forward to episode one next Thursday on the subject of vision with our guests, Nate Holdridge and Ed Taylor. Our goal on the Leadership Collective podcast is to help you lead well through all the seasons and challenges of ministry life. I'm Rob Salvato. I'm Ted Leavenworth. And we look forward to being with you next time on the Leadership Collective. Hello, this is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. I want to invite you to come join us for the Expositors Collective in September. We're hosting it here in Colorado Springs. It's a beautiful setting right by the mountains. But more importantly, this is a great time to be able to get equipped to teach God's Word. What I love most about the Expositors Collective is its focus on young people. For God to really raise up the next generation to communicate God's word. We've never needed God's truth more than now. So if you're thinking about coming, consider yourself invited. We'd love to have you. It's going to be a great time.